Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figgs, the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado with you on this Tuesday afternoon. It is the 14th of February. It is Valentine's Day. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what love really is, according to the scriptures. But I pray you're doing well. I'm so glad that you tuned in to the scripture, uh, to, into Calvary Live, as we will go to the scriptures as you call uh, and ask your questions. And maybe you got a Bible question. We'll look to God's word. Or perhaps you are wondering, um, how do we uh, view things as Christians and all the things that are going on around us? Or uh, maybe perhaps a Bible study brought up a question, or maybe there's just some confusion about some things, and we're here to bring clarity and understanding and blessing and to be uplifting and to pray for you as well. So you just heard that number. We invite you to call in at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We have all open lines right now. Grab one of those open lines. I'd love to be able to answer your questions and to also uh, pray for you, for those of you who have prayer requests, and 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then there's another way for you to be able to communicate to me a question or a prayer request, and that is through a dedicated text line, and that is 720-336-0897. It is for texting only. And so as we have time in the show, we'll fill it in with the text questions or prayer requests. So be sure to send those in as well. But I'd love to talk to you. And I want to welcome everybody that is listening on Grace FM uh, along the Front Range, two stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, and then 89.7 from the metro area on up into Southern Wyoming. Uh, Welcome to today's program at Calvary Live. You are listening live on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, We do have winter storm warnings out, weather advisories out for this storm coming in later tonight. And so hopefully if you're going out, taking your spouse out to uh, a Valentine's dinner or other activities that may be going on, uh, we have Bible study here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. We have a lady study and a men's study we have homeschool uh, moms that are meeting tonight, uh, but hopefully you can get that all in before the storm moves in. And just take the necessary precautions tomorrow as you're out and about and get up and have to go to work and, and perhaps kids will go to school, uh, whatever the case may be, and just be careful. Um, and we welcome the moisture, and uh, most of the, the worst of the storm, what I understand, is going to be in the southern part of the state, but all of us are going to get some snow. And and so just um, be aware of the uh, alerts that are out there and take precautions and take your time. We want you to be safe, and we want you to be one that uh, take the necessary um, time to uh, get to work and, and uh, just slow down. And so... Uh, that encouragement. So welcome, Grace FM listeners. I want to welcome all those who are tuned in to Radio by Grace. So many 
um, that uh, are listening uh, on that radio network with about 77 stations, I believe now, uh, throughout the nation. So welcome. I'd love to hear from you guys. And so glad that you're a part of our Calvary Live family. And then those who are listening online as well, anywhere in the country, uh, you can call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. As soon as the phones start ringing, we'll go to the phone lines. Call early because they can fill up quickly sometimes. And sometimes at the end of the show, uh, we're not able to get to everyone. And, and we just want to be able to talk to as many as we can and minister to you in your questions and your prayer requests. And then I want to welcome those who are week delayed. Uh, Hope FM on the East Coast, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. Welcome, everyone. That simply means a week delayed that you get to call and talk to me today. And then a week later, next Tuesday, uh, it will be uh, airing uh, Calvary Live, this program today uh, on the radio network that you're listening to, Hope or Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio. So I think most of you know that. And so we'd love to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number again. My name is Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and uh, we got a couple open lines. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, because uh, we it is Valentine's Day, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, talk about love and what love is, and the world comes along and pollutes that definition of what love is. I want to read to you from a very familiar portion of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that speaks about God's love, agape love. And the Bible uses different Greek words for love, uh, phileo, which is brotherly love. Uh, We get a lot of uh, calls sometimes from Philadelphia, you guys on Hope FM, uh, the city of brotherly love. Uh, Phileo uh, is brother. um, And so there is erotic love um, in the Greek. Uh, There's different words for love, but God's love is agape love. And it's, it's God's love that only a Christian can truly have, that he puts into our hearts, that he works into our hearts. And it is Paul that would speak about a more excellent way, as he says, though I speak with the the tongues of men. This is after he's talking about the spiritual gifts in chapter 12. He says, I'll show you a more excellent way. And you can speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love. I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. He goes on to say in verse 3, And so I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So love is really the key uh, for us as Christians. Jesus, some of his last words to his disciples in that upper room in John chapter 15 is that, They will know that you're my disciples for your love for one another. We know that John, the apostle of love, that he writes that we are to be ones that we love our brothers, not hate our brother. And love is an action, that love is something uh, that we do indeed as well. So there's a lot that the Bible says about truly what love is. Uh, Love is um, something, again, agape love that he puts into our hearts. So as we have time, we'll talk a little bit about that, but we got an open line. Uh, Give me a call. 303-690-3000, the call-in number, and the text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Denver, and let's go to Juan. Hey, Juan. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Pretty good. 
So I had a Good. question. Uh, I heard a pastor say that um, all humans are born sinners, and it got me thinking, um, if all humans are born sinners, then if Jesus was a human, then was he born a sinner too? No, and you're asking you're asking a good question. You're thinking, and we we're all born sinners because we're descendants of Adam. And I'm going to read to you from uh, Romans chapter five that Paul makes a very important case here in chapter five of Romans. He's talking about justification, and he says, "Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin." So he's talking about because of Adam, he's our federal headship. That's a theological term. And because he sinned, uh, we are all born sinners. But here's the thing about Jesus. He goes on and he says um, that uh, Jesus, the last Adam, is the one that comes and brings us life because he was sinless. Keep in mind that Jesus was born of a virgin. So his father is not Adam tracing back to Adam, but his father is God the Father. So Jesus was born, he's the God-man, he was fully God, and he's fully man. So he's the sinless one, but we know that, Juan, he's the only one that has ever lived from Adam and Eve until now that was sinless, and he was the one that was qualified to go to the cross and die for our sins as a substitution, the perfect Lamb of God, the Son of God who went and made atonement for our sins. So he was born of a virgin. That's why the virgin birth is very, very important. We who um, are born of a father and a mother were descendants of Adam, and because we're descendants of Adam, that we are born sinners. We're born with that sin nature, and of course we see that. Um, every child that's born is just a matter of time. That child, you look at that baby that's born, it's it just so innocent and perfect, but it isn't long before you know they throw a fit or... They tell a lie or they want to steal a cookie from the cookie jar. That's that sin nature that is in them. Okay? So do you think that, uh, like, for example, uh, small children, they're sinless, and then at some point they sin, and that's why it uh, sets them apart? Or do you think well, we're, we're, we're all sinners? Yeah, we're just born sinners, and, and okay. we're all born sinners, and, you know, in— Pretty soon that sin starts to be displayed because of the sin nature that we have. Oh, okay. Okay? Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for and, your answer. You, know, you bet, Juan. And here's the important thing, Juan, to remember, uh-huh. and when you share with others, is that's why Jesus came. Jesus came because the wages of sin is death. And we all are born sinners. We're all under the condemnation of death, the law doesn't save us because we can't we can't keep the law. We the the standard is perfection, and none of us have that. None of us can keep perfection, and so that's why Jesus, the perfect one, came to die for our sins. And that's really important. What you're talking about and what you're asking is important in the gospel message that we give to others. People need to understand why Jesus came. 
uh, why he came to give us hope and die for our sins. Because sometimes people say, well, just connect to Jesus. And no, we need to come to Jesus, the Savior of the world, who came and died for our sins, and we need to repent of our sins, turn to Jesus, and ask for forgiveness to where we can be born again, born again by the Spirit of God. So important implications of what you're asking there um, in that question. So good question. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you for your answer, Pastor. You bet. God bless you. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Georgia, May, on line two. Hi, May. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am wonderful. And thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Yes, I will call it about Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. And I want to know, um, is that talking about a person that, um, let me see, I want to phrase it. A person who has heard the gospel and refused the gospel before, before um, the tribulation, is mm-hmm. that referring to that type of person, or will that person have a second chance at yeah. um, receiving Christ as Savior? People have asked me a lot, and I don't know if there are certain teachings that go on that say that if you rejected the gospel before the rapture of the church, that there's no hope of of salvation <clears throat> when the tribulation period begins. Here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul, it's an amazing chapter, it really is, isn't it? Because he's yeah. talking about the rapture of the church, he's talking about the day of the Lord, he's talking about the Antichrist, and who's going to come on the scene. He talks about the temple, uh, he talks about a number of things in these few verses. So as, remember that the Christians were really upset because when you read First. Thessalonians, Paul talks about the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Then in chapter 5, he talks about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And we're children of the day. <clears throat> so here, as he he says, don't be shaken in mind, may what was happening was, is that they thought the rapture had already happened. They thought that they were in the tribulation period. And Paul says, no, no. He says, let no one deceive you. For that day, that is the day of the Lord, and that's a period of time that begins with the tribulation period, extends seven years. At the end of the tribulation period, Jesus Christ will come back in the second coming of Jesus Christ, and it includes the millennium reign. So that's all the day of the Lord. He says that won't come until unless there's a falling away, apostasy, and a man of sin, which is the Antichrist, is revealed. And he begins to talk about the man of sin, doesn't he? And he goes on to say that the uh, lawless one will come and be revealed. And he goes on to say that the lawless one, the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, lying in uh, wonders and signs, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And then verse 11, what you're making reference to, for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. So there's always a question of what is that lie? And I believe if we keep it in context here, the lie is back up in um, 
in verse 4 where he goes into the temple that he will exalt himself above all that is called God or is worshipped. So as he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So here's what I'm getting at. There's nothing in the scriptures or in in the book of, of Revelation, as you read about the tribulation period, that suggests that if you rejected the gospel before the rapture of the church, that that you can't get saved. That's it. You can't get saved. I think that's taking it beyond what this verse is saying. Now, you can go to Revelation chapter 14, and there is the proclamations of the three angels. And, and I would read it. One is, Babylon has fallen. The other proclamation by the second angel to every creature that is living, every person, is the everlasting gospel. And then the third message is a warning that if you take the mark of the beast, there is no hope of salvation. So we do know that that's what the strong delusion is that I believe that it's being referred to. But it does not mean that if a person right now is in rebellion, they they say, well, I'll see if the rapture happens, and it happens that, oh, I guess I can't get saved. If you take the mark of the beast and make your allegiance to him, there's no hope of salvation. But many are going to come to salvation in the tribulation period. We know that from Revelation chapter 7, the ministry of the 144,000, um, that there are going to be those from every tribe, tongue, people, and nations that are going to come to know Christ. I pray that people that I'm ministering to, that I'm giving the gospel to, that are relatives or friends that right now are not coming to the Lord, I know that it will be extremely difficult in the tribulation period because the tribulation saints are going to be heavily persecuted. But I pray that they do come to the Lord, even though they may be rejecting it. And and I see in the Scripture that anyone who truly wants to repent and come to Jesus Christ, that he's going to accept that. So that's my take on it. I think to say that there's no hope of salvation if you reject it before the tribulation period is going beyond what the Scriptures is saying. Uh-huh. So, in other words, if you did reject, if a person did reject before the tribulation, then they find themselves left behind and in the tribulation, the next option for them would either be to take the mark of the beast or be martyred. Well, yeah, essentially. And some Christians will make it through the tribulation period. But the Antichrist, he makes war with the saints, and he overcomes them in Revelation chapter 13. So that's where it's going to be more difficult. And, you know, I tell people who say, well, I'll see if the rapture happens, and then maybe I'll give my my life to the Lord. And it's kind of like, no, do it now. Today's the day of salvation, because tomorrow isn't promised to any of us anyway. And then— if you find yourself in a tribulation period, how difficult it's going to be to live for the Lord then if you can't do it now. Um, so those factors are very real. And so it's like, you know, open up your heart, use your head, don't lose your head, you know, come to Christ now. But I believe that because there's going to be many that are going to come to Christ in a tribulation period from every tribe, tongue, people, and, and nation, um, that there are going to be those who are going to say, yeah, that we've been witnessing to, that we've been praying for, that are going to come to Christ. But Revelation 14, if they do take the mark of the beast, there's no hope of salvation. No hope for them. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Blessings, May. Yeah, there's. I get asked that a lot, and and I don't believe there's anything in Scripture that says that there's absolutely no hope if you find yourself in the tribulation period and somebody gave you the gospel and you rejected it. Um, you know, I, there's going to be uh, a many that will come to Christ, but Revelation 14 does give that guideline that you know that proclamation of the angel that there is no hope for those who do take the mark of the beast and that happens in the middle of the tribulation period 303-690-3000 is the call-in number the text line 720-336-0897 again jeff figs of calvary chapel Greeley with you in northern colorado um with you on this valentine's day and uh there's no greater love. Always remember this than our Lord. Um, and I know that Valentine's Day can be exciting for some people and people look forward to it for whatever reason. Other times, um, other people, um, it, it's not. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's a hard holiday. But I want you to know this, whatever state that you're in and whatever's going on in your life, that you have the greatest love that is um, there, and that is God's love. And he proved this love by going to the cross and dying for you. And um, I want you to always remember that. Let's go to Logan, who's in line three. Logan, New Mexico, Hello. right? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm at, good. I'm at work. So is, it, is it okay if I ask my question and then hang up and listen? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So... My first question was the Christophany one from yesterday and about the angel of the Lord on in Matthew and what's the difference between the angel of the Lord and Matthew. And so where, where in Matthew? Yeah, in the Christophany, the appearance. And do you, did you have a particular reference in Matthew? Uh, I think it's it's when it, uh, the angel of the Lord is talking to Joseph about what he should do. In chapter one. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. I'll answer it the best I can. I appreciate you calling, Logan. Pray you're doing well there in New Mexico. So, in there is the angel of the Lord. There, there is that term, but sometimes the angel of the Lord capitalized in the Old Testament that many theologians believe is a Christophany. Like, for example, um, <clears throat> we see that with um, with Joshua, uh, as he uh, would come, the commander of the Lord's army. That's a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. So you have these appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament um, that is there. You have uh, in Daniel chapter 3, I believe that was Jesus that was there in the fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar says the, the, the angel of the Lord came and, and uh, you know, protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that's, there was a Christophany. There was one that looked like the Son of God. Probably it was Jesus. So you have the appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament at times, what is called a theophany or a Christophany. And then in chapter 1 of Matthew, you have the angel that came to tell Joseph of, um, you know, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, but that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. That was not a, a Christophany. That was 
probably Gabriel, Gabriel who came to Mary and said, you're going to be carrying the Christ child there in Luke chapter 1. And we know also that Gabriel was associated with um, with messages concerning the coming of Messiah. We see that in Daniel chapter 9. In the 70 weeks of Daniel, that prophecy given by Gabriel, that 70 weeks are determined for your people, Daniel, and and then after 69 weeks will come Messiah the Prince. So I believe it was Gabriel in that time in Matthew chapter 1, but we do have those those places where Christophany takes place, and um, in the Old Testament that theologians believe that uh, Jesus makes that appearance in the Old Testament. So Logan, any specifically, you know, questions? Uh, hopefully you can call back and ask or, or give in the text, and we'll try to answer you on that. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. We got a couple open lines, so give me a call. Love to talk with you uh, on this Tuesday. Love to be able to encourage you, answer your questions the best I know how, and um, just be able to, to minister to you in that way. We're going to go to Texas. We're Mary. Hello. Hi, Mary. How are yes. you? I'm just Thanks fine. For- how are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Thank you for your program. I sure appreciate that. Um, you bet. I needed to ask you, do you have any particular resources that combine, uh, say, the prophecies, uh, you know, predicting Christ's coming? It's in like a small, condensed form. I'm witnessing to some young people and uh, you know they're they're questioning about the validity of God's word and whether they believe it or not. Right. And and I just wondered if you had any special resources. I mean, we have the Bible, but and I right. look and I give answers that I have. But I just wondered if you had anything else that you could suggest. Yeah, those and those are good questions. And Mary, I want to encourage you because people, you know, we should be able to answer those questions. And there's good answers yeah. on the yeah. reliability of the scriptures, the prophecies. Uh, did Jesus was she he truly Lord? Um, and one of the books that really helped me when I was in college, um, and wondering, is the Bible really true? I mean, what's the difference between the Bible and any other holy book like the Quran or, or whatever? Um, and why is the Bible true? And the book that really helped me, it's not in a condensed form, but it, it was very good is Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And he goes over, the canon of Scripture, why we can trust the Scriptures, that it hasn't been changed, because people will come along and they'll say, well, you can't trust the Bible has been changed, and or it was a conspiracy, or they've left a bunch of books out and all this, yeah. and you can pin them down and you can say, well, give me an example of that, and they, they really can't because they haven't really looked into it. And as you take an honest evaluation of the canon of Scripture, you know, we can trust the scriptures. There's a lot of evidence. Um, you, you might want to look at um, two sources, look at their websites, um, okay. and that is Ron Rhodes. Um, they usually have small condensed books on their, he's apologetics. Uh, okay. Look at his resources. Uh, and that's Norm, R-O-H-D-E-S, or how do you spell that? Yeah, R-O-N, Ron, R-O-N, and then Rhodes, R H. O D E S. R H O D E S. Okay, wrong and, road. Yeah. See if he's got some resources that you're looking for. And then Norm Geisler, 
is a oh, great uh, yeah. apo- apologetic. See what he has on that as well. And we got a number of his apologetic books in our library as well. Okay, is that G E S I L E R? Geisler, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Okay, I'll figure it out. Okay, okay. Well, I do appreciate your time, and thank you so much. You are welcome, and you know what? The answers are there, and well, um, and very good for, answers. For yeah, let's do that real quick. Right. And Father, I pray for Mary as we're getting ready to go to break. I thank you for her question that she get the right resources, um, that she would be able to minister truth to her friends, and you would open up their hearts, and that they would um, come to yeah. salvation through Jesus Christ. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're at yeah. break. Give me a call. Got a couple open lines or one open line, and three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Valentine's Day. And we uh, have the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, we are truly blessed as believers, so pray you're having a good day, and so glad to be with you. Please give me a call at 303-690-3000. Got a couple open lines, plenty of time to take your call for your questions and your prayer requests this afternoon as we are in the second half of the show. And uh, such a blessing, so many of you reading your Bibles and you got questions, and I'll do my best to answer those questions and uh take you to the Word of God to give you truth, but also here to pray with you. And I want to pray. There was a text uh, a prayer request that came in for Charlene. Uh, needs pray for uh, prayer for anxiety. And Father, I do pray for her. I just pray as she's anxious uh, that she would just come to you and just rest in your love and stand on your promises. And knowing that Philippians 4 tells us that if we come and give our request to you with thanksgiving, that um, that the peace of God that passes understanding will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus, and that you would do that work in her and take the anxiety away. You say in your word, we don't have to have uh, fear. We don't have to have the spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. But work that in her life and whatever is causing fear to come in, that, Lord, that you would just um, just help her and strengthen her and bring comfort to her, encourage to her, um, and just help her with the anxiety she's going through, because a lot of people are feeling it right now, Lord. We know that. And so we just uh, ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Got a couple open lines. Love to talk to you. Um, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then I just uh, gave you that text number, 720-336-0897. And please remember that that text line is the 24 7 prayer line that you can send in a prayer request uh, anytime, day and night, and there will be the uh, pastoral staff, the prayer team, praying for you at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, and I think that's a wonderful resource for you, so be sure to use it when you just need prayer. But if we have time, we'll go to the text line, uh, but uh, we do got two open lines. We're going to first go to Andrew, who's here in Colorado. 
Hi, Andrew. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Um, I had a question. Um, I just wanted to pick your brain and see if you had any, um, uh, like, pointers or just biblical advice for me. I got a really um, severe traumatic brain injury about two years ago. Okay. And so I've just been working through that. And my question is, um, I know the Bible talks about how we have the mind of Christ. Um, and do you have any advice for me on discerning, um, like, God speaking to me when I'm dealing with just a lot of mental confusion from the effects of the brain injury? Um, yeah. Yeah, and I sense? think, yeah, it does make sense. And I think that's a really important, you know, question uh, particularly with with your brain injury, but it, I think it's an important question for all of us uh, because sometimes people will say that, well, I've heard the voice of God, and they'll tell you about it, and it just contradicts what the Word of God says. It's interesting yeah. that that Andrew that you mentioned the mind of Christ, and Paul writes about that in the Book of Philippians to have the mind of Christ. So I think what's really important for you and for all of us that to hear the voice of God primarily is going to come through the Word of God. Um, there is surety there. There is, um, you know, uh, truth that is given to us. So anything that comes into our minds that contradicts the Word of God, you know that that doesn't come from the Lord. And so that's going to be a, a, a primary importance to you and priority that as much as you can continue growing in uh, the Word of God and um, but also we do know that we have the Holy Spirit of God. And I don't want to dismiss the Holy Spirit speaking to you, even with your your brain injury and as you're working through all these things. But always keep in mind that it, as the Lord is directing and guiding us, um, that it will never contradict what the Word of God has to say. Um, and it, it's not going to be weird. It's not going to be... Um, you know, worldly, uh, it's going to be according to, and you said the mind of Christ, the heart of God, and you're going to have a peace that rules in your heart. Uh, as Paul writes in Colossians chapter three, he promises that as we go to him and as we wait on him in Isaiah 30, that he will be a voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it, go to the left and go to the right. But I believe that that peace comes and it, it's, it's, you can look at it and run it through the grid of, of Lord, this is good, and you're moving towards blessing, and it's not confusing. And um, if it's confusing, then, um, or it, it just, you know, that, then it's probably not from the Lord, because a lot of times people will say, oh, is this, you know, I, I think this is something, but it's just so confusing, and I got some... I I got some caution. I'm just not sure. Well, if the the red, you know, light is going on or the caution flag's going on, it, it's uh, there's a reason for that. Also, another portion of scripture, James, which is really important, I think, that uh, he says in chapter three that who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. And he goes on and he says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic even. 
For where there is envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above, that is from the Lord, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the, the lot of things that as I move forward in circumstances or dealing with something or whatever the case may be, I'll run it through this grid. Uh, if it's something that is earthly, sensual, demonic, it's worldly wisdom. It's not coming from above. Uh, if it's there's bitter, if there's envy, self-seeking in my heart, it's not from above. But if it is something, uh, if it's causing confusion, um, and if it's evil, clearly, of course, it's not from the Lord. But the wisdom that comes from the Lord is going to be peaceable, the peace that rules in your heart. It's going to be gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And I think that's a good grid to also run through as you're desiring to hear the voice of the Lord. That's really helpful. Can I ask you more about the peaceable part? Yeah, absolutely. I think that kind of is like the crux of like what's at the heart of the question. Um, I've walked with God for um, like a long time, even like before the TBI. And um, like it's definitely been a hard patch in life. Um, And I guess something that I've been kind of working through is that um, you know, I'll be like praying about something and there's two options that are both good. And, um, but I don't really feel like that peace in my heart about either one. Mm-hmm. Um, or, but then having this TBI, it's like, well, is that just because I'm not thinking straight? And so I don't feel settled on either one, or is that actually, um, me listening to the Holy Spirit, giving me a caution right. or like, you know, like a red light or a green light. And yeah, so I don't know, and, maybe that's more of a question for like a more of a psychiatrist, yeah. but I know scripture has a lot to say about um like everything in our lives. You know what? And I don't know, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, sometimes the Lord he says, Okay, you know, you've asked and I, I know for me that there have been times where I just you know, I have this option and that option and they may not be bad options. Um but I don't have a peace about it. I just, there's just something that's there. And I won't move forward unless I have a peace about it. When it comes to even the ministry here at Calvary Chapel, when we're making decisions, I, I got to have a peace about it. The leadership's got to have a peace about it. The, the board's got to have a peace about it. And I just won't move forward until we do. Now, there's a difference between having a peace about it and then not you know, wanting to do it or, or disobedience. You know that the Lord's telling you to do it, but you're just like, I don't want to do that. It's going to be too hard or it's going to be difficult or I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to forgive that person. Well, you know, we're told to forgive. So we have the clear direction of the word of God. But when it comes to, do I take this job? Do I buy this house? Do I make, you know, uh, do I, talk to this person, you know, about the Lord. I believe that he wants to direct us and guide us. Um, you know, I, I know that it's a sensitive situation and just waiting on the Lord. And I think with me, sometimes the Lord says that, Jeff, you know what? 
uh, I'm going to, I'm going to guide you and direct you. You be sensitive to my leading. Come back and, and see me tomorrow. <laughs> and, and, you know, to just keep going to the Lord, keep going to him. And that's what I think Isaiah chapter 30 is saying, that is we go to him and then wait on him. And it may be, Andrew, that you're just in a waiting period right now. And that's a hard thing until you get clear direction from the Lord. But even with your, you know, I, I, I don't want to minimize your 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 uh, brain injury and what you're dealing with, because I don't know, but I do know that the Lord is bigger and and he's, you know, the Holy Spirit is 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 more powerful, and that the Lord still can guide you and direct you. And it may be that He's saying, "Just wait," uh, because when we go to the Lord, it, it, the answer is can be yes, and it's wonderful when it is, and He works right away, and it's very clear. Sometimes the answer is no. I I know this isn't from the Lord. Sometimes it's wait, and in our time of waiting, it's it's. It's a process that we have to learn to wait on the Lord so he can speak to us. It's not always easy, but we live in an instant world. We like things instantly, and uh, it doesn't. we carry that into our spiritual lives, and we got to be careful not to do that. That makes sense, where we're like, God, I asked you yesterday, and it's been 24 hours, <laughs> yeah. and I still don't have my confirmation. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he says, "Come back and see me tomorrow." And you know, and yeah. he, he helps us sort it out. And he's working behind the scenes, and but we can trust he because he promises that he will be that voice behind us, saying, "This is the way. Walk in it." And I believe that he wants to guide you in that way, and then run it through the grid of scripture. Sometimes, Andrew, for me, um, that. You know, I'll be waiting and then I'm reading scripture and all of a sudden through the word of God, he just, he just begins to, to minister to me. And, um, he begins to give me that answer through the word of God. It's like, wow, this is wonderful. So keep reading the word, being sensitive to him and he's going to be faithful to guide you and direct you. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate your input. You bet. Absolutely. Andrew, appreciate your call. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. You bet. God bless you. Hey, Andrew. I, I wanted to pray for Andrew. He got away from me. But, Father, um, uh, Andrew, I, I just pray for him. I just pray that as he's desiring to hear your voice and be guided by you, that you would do that. You would guide him in every way, uh, that you would uh, give him a peace in the decisions that he's making, um, that, that rules in his heart, that... Uh, he would hear the still small voice of the Lord, and uh, even as he runs it through James, um, that it would be pure and and um, it would be, uh, you know, just peaceable, uh, gentle, uh, and without hypocrisy, that wisdom from above that you would give him. And Lord, I know you want to guide him, so just speak to his heart, speak in his, in his life, and directing him and guiding him in every way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Would love to to just um, be able to uh, pray with you. Give me a call. we got plenty of time in the show. Um, there is a prayer request on the text line for um, Angela, a broken family praying for forgiveness and healing and peace. And, Father, we do pray for her, for her family. You know the situation. 
we just ask that you would just bring that peace to them, that you would bring uh, forgiveness, that you would uh, bring um, restoration. You know what's going on, and Lord, that you would work. You're the one that brings families together. And Lord, I want to not only pray for her, Angela, but I want to pray for all who are listening that are going through just family um, that is broken, friends, uh, the relationship is strained or severed. Um, Lord, that you would just do that work, uh, the desire that people have to, to restore those relationships, that you would work in a way that, that that would happen, and you're the God of restoration and forgiveness, and you're the one that can bring people together in that way. In Jesus' name, uh, amen and amen. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Let's go to Gabriel in Colorado Springs. Hi, Gabriel. Hi, how are you doing? God bless you. Just calling in with a prayer request for my marriage. Uh, um, okay. We are in the midst of a divorce, but he has since moved back in the house. It's probably been maybe a week and a half, and we are going to um, marriage counseling, but he's not okay. yet dropped the divorce. So just praying for his salvation and the restoration of our family and marriage. Yeah, and and it's it's a good thing, a positive thing, you know, that he's moved back in the house because it's hard to work on a marriage when you're separated. And and I'm going to pray that, you know, the counseling, the biblical counseling uh would bring you just peace and bring you answers and clarity and understanding. And Father, I do pray for Gabriel. She she obviously wants her marriage to work and they're in the process. The process has started the divorce and I thank you. Her husband is back in the, in the house, but Lord, I just pray for, for healing. I pray for restoration. I pray yes, that the, the counseling would bring them to where both of them would humble themselves, come together and know that you want to uh, bless their marriage. You want to work. And whatever issues that they're dealing with, that they would know that there's nothing too difficult to where you can't bring healing and forgiveness. And Lord, that they would come together um, in that way and, and Lord, just yielding to you. So I just pray for Gabriel's uh, husband that you would just um, help him to just uh, have a desire to want his marriage to work, minister yes, to Lord. his heart. And I just pray that you would work a miracle here. And uh, as I hear little ones uh, in the background, Lord, that they would come together as uh, as a family. Um, and, Lord, that you would just work in the way that you want to, Lord, um, because that's your desire. That's your desire. So, Lord, we just commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, God bless you, you much. Bet. You bet, Gabriel. We'll be praying. Thank you. You bet. Those of you going through, you know, it's Valentine's Day, and I said for some it is very, very difficult because of maybe just the hurt you've gone through in a relationship or maybe in a marriage. Um, but for those of you who your marriages are strained, um, that, listen, God can bring healing, and he wants to bring healing. And I just, um, he desires for you to to come to him and, and for both of you to humble yourselves and seek him because he's the one that uh, ordained marriage. He's the one that is the foundation of all of our marriages. 
And uh, he's the one that wants to bless your marriage. So I hope that's an encouragement, and he can't do that. I've seen God heal marriages in incredible ways. It just seemed like it was so difficult, so much to work through, and it isn't easy. But God can't do that work, and there's always hope in the Lord. So I just want to encourage you in that. we got open lines as we got some time left in the show. I'm going to go to text line because somebody was asking, had text in, um, why do you think that there are so many mass shootings? And we do want to pray for those in Michigan as there was another shooting. Uh, it, it seems like it, it, we hear it all the time, way too much. It saddens our heart. It's, it's tragic what we're seeing. Um, and, of course, uh, I believe is three students that were killed last night at Michigan State University, several that were injured. Um, and it breaks our heart when we hear it and there's an, another one. And so why is it going on? And, and I do know the Bible says this, um, that as Paul's writing to Timothy concerning the last days, and these are the last words of Paul that he gives to Timothy before Paul is put to death. But Paul says that in the last days, it will be perilous times. And that word perilous, is used only one other time in the New Testament, and that is from Matthew chapter 8 in the description of the demoniacs. And we know that, um, speaking of that which is fierce, and so, you know, it's going to be fierce days. It's going to be violent days in the last days, and I think that we're seeing that because there's going to be this misdirected love that he goes on and says men will be lovers of themselves and boasters and proud and unthankful, unholy, all these characteristics that we see happening today. He also says that there's going to be those who are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And and there's going to be the counterfeits. Uh, There is going to be the uh, corrupt minds that are going to grow more and more. And then also he would say that those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution but evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we know that Paul says that in the last days, it will be perilous times. It will be violent times. And and I believe we're seeing that right now. It's one of the signs of the end is um, what we're seeing today. I think there's a lot of demonic activity that's going on. Um, and a lot of demonic influence has taken place. Uh, it's more than just a political issue that we're dealing with. This is a spiritual issue. And as a nation and as a people, we get further away from the Lord. We're going to see these things. Jesus said one of the signs of the last days is that lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. And I believe that that's what we're seeing today, you know, in our nation and in this world. So there's, you know, we can sit down and write a list of why all these things are happening. But any time that a people or a nation gets further and further away from the Lord um, and says, Lord, we don't want you, and, and Lord, we, we don't want you in our schools, we don't want you in our courts, we don't want you in our leadership, we don't want you um, in our culture, um, that we're going to see that uh, that lawlessness is going to abound. And certainly we're seeing it not just with the shootings that are taking place, but with um, just the crime that's been rising um, the, uh, every day, it seems like we wake up, it breaks my heart, um, to hear of all the shootings and our young people being involved and the thefts and, uh, 
um, robberies and the assaults and all that. That's what it seems like that our news is filled with. It is getting darker out there, folks, and that's why we need to be praying for our nation. We need to be ones that are um, given the gospel because that's the hope of any nation. Any community is the gospel, and to stand firm on it and be light to others, to be a light in the darkness. But as difficult days, as perilous times, um, know that um, evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and lawlessness is is beginning to abound. Uh, it's going to get so bad to where it's going to culminate in the tribulation period, of course. But we're seeing the birth pangs right now. The love of many growing cold. Uh, we're we're seeing those signs that are being spoken of, even as Luke's gospel in in the three records of the Olivet discourse as Jesus is talking about the end of the age, and as he's talking about the signs of his coming. He says that men will become very fearful to where their hearts will even faint. And that's where we're headed. And I know that culminates in the tribulation period. Um, but there, there's just a, a looming over us, uh, this difficulty and lawlessness and darkness and violence uh, that is in our culture. And our hope is Jesus Christ in him crucified in the gospel. The gospel is our hope. So I pray that we would be ones that we would desire um, to really, really be praying for our nations, um, and uh, we need to be ones that are, are praying um, for our communities and being a light. And uh, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming, and um, and it's it is difficult days, and that's why there can be anxiety. More people are telling me that they're more anxious than ever before. People are telling me they're more confused than ever before, seeing all these things that are taking place. And so we as Christians, that we're here for such a time as this to be light and to to bring truth and to be praying. And uh, we need to be on our knees praying, praying for the church and praying for our nation. So we're getting ready to close uh, a text. Question came in, what's the significance of the Old Testament? Regarding yeast and circumcision, he's referencing Exodus chapter 12, verse 48. And, uh, of course, yeast, uh, um, Exodus chapter 12, speaking of the Passover, that would be followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and they were to take the yeast out of their bread that they ate out of their homes and yeast. Um, you know, it, it speaks leaven, yeast, it speaks of sin in the scriptures, and it would be put into the bread, and a little bit of, you know, Paul writes leaven, leavens the whole uh, loaf as he's writing to the Corinthians. Uh, Jesus would say, beware the the leaven of the uh, Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, and and um, and we know that a little bit of leaven, a little bit of yeast begins to spread in the loaf of the bread. And as there's, I think, an important picture that is there, that during Passover, um, that they were to take it all out of their house. And it just reminds me, it's so important for us as Christians, that any leaven that we have in our lives, anything that is of sin, that the Lord wants us to get rid of it. And uh, because it can begin to spread, it can begin to corrupt 
as the scripture says that it can do that. And we need to be ones that say, hey, I want to get the yeast out of my homes. They were to get it out of their cupboards, out of their homes, and eat unleavened bread. Circumcision, of course, um, speaking of that, was just an outward sign of an inward change. And it was an outward mark of, uh, you know, God's people. And we're to be circumcised of heart is what the New Testament says, that we are to be ones that um, that we are to have a heart for the Lord and desire to walk that highway of holiness and righteousness and be a light to others. But it's so easy, listen, even as Paul wrote, as I was mentioning from Second Timothy chapter 3, that he goes on and he says that there are those that um, that are always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that there are those who come into creeping into our, our households. There's so much that can come in very easily, um, through social media, through our computers, through all the technology that is there. So it's really important that our homes are a sanctuary. Our homes are a sanctuary. Our homes are a place where the things of the Lord are spoken, hymns and psalms and spirituals, songs. And the word of God is spoken and the peace of God is in that home. So, Father, I pray you help us with that. And I pray that, Lord, that we would stand firm with you and be light to others. And, Lord, because there is a lot of darkness around us. But, Lord, that um, that in our homes would be homes of peace that honor you, that your word is spoken, where your praises are, are sung in our homes. And, Lord, that um, the word of God is spoken um, day and night, all the time, and that, Lord, we would honor you with our homes. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you, everybody, for today's edition of Calvary Live. God bless you. Be careful out there, those of you in Colorado. Got a storm coming in. Take those precautions as it comes in tonight and into tomorrow. Be careful. God bless you. Looking forward to when I'll be with you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.